Season 1, Episode 20, Pete Kingman, Bible Story Evangelism, Ecclesiastes 12.12, which reads, And further, by these my son be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. As I work on these memory verses that I do nightly when I wake up after my good sound sleep for four hours, followed by the REM sleep, which you, I do most of my dreaming, but I, I dream about Barb, so I'm very, the only sad part of that is I got to realize every morning that she's not, she's not with me anymore. <laughs> In that little time of waking up, sometimes I go, oh, that's right, she's gone. She's been gone for six years. But anyway, um, so let me just start in verse 11 and read the last four verses of the book of Ecclesiastes. To be honest with you, not uh, a book I wanted to teach to my kids at Florida Christian in the 35,000 classes I taught. I, I, tr I started most of them with a proverb. I got away from it for a few years, but got even in public school, I I got I did it uh, for a couple years. Uh, I did it. I, I taught in a public school, and I think the second year I, I started uh, a thought for the day. And uh, they never the seniors I was teaching. Uh, they never asked me where I got my thought for the day from. But boy, if I didn't have one written in green at the top of my overhead back in the visa v time period, uh, way before. Uh, PowerPoint and all the good stuff we have today. But anyway, um, because I'm such a terrible speller, I had to make a, a lesson on a overhead every day. They gave me three overheads, and I had three different classes at Homestead Senior High. But, um, boy, talk about a weariness of the flesh. My gosh, much study is a weariness of the flesh. I would three hours for economics, three hours for psychology, with a, a textbook so old it had very few pictures in it, uh, really in-depth study of uh, synapses and that kind of stuff. And then uh, world history as my my third prep at Homestead Senior High. But um, And I was nine hours a night getting ready. I would get home uh, at 3 in the afternoon. I got home pretty quick. I didn't live that far from Homestead Senior High. So I could get home in probably 10 minutes. I'd get home by 3. I would sleep for 3 hours. Barb would wake me up and I can eat very quickly. And from 6 to 9, I would study economics. From 9 to 12, I would study um, psychology and read it, digest it, write notes on it. And then the last three hours, from, from midnight to three, I would study um, world history. So it was nine hours a night. The only break I got was on Friday. I gave all my tests on Friday, and so so Thursday I got a break on that. And then, so four nights a week, it was really tough. And then Saturday, I, I didn't do any prep at all. Recovered. Sunday night, I cranked back up with the, the prep. So Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Well, Thursday night was a little bit of a break because I, I gave tests that day, and I, it was pretty easy to write the tests. But at the end of that year, they thanked me for 
teaching. Uh, they wrote me a card. I left in February um, because I didn't join the union, and so they replaced me. I didn't want to join. The Teamsters were just allowed back in, and I didn't want to join it, join a union. But, but um, so I got replaced. I, 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 well, that's what I was told anyway. But um, by fellow teachers was the reason I was leaving. But um, they gave me a card when I left in February, and uh, it said thanks for for teaching us. The card said, or one kid wrote that on the card or something. Thanks for really teaching us. But I put a lot of work into it, and it was a weariness of the flesh. I, I went to my 10-year West Point reunion during that time, and I took my books because I had to study for, because I was going to be gone until, you know, I was going to get back Sunday night or late Sunday night, and, and it was going to be, uh, you know, Monday morning classes I had to have ready. So I was studying on the airplane. I was studying much as I could. It was my first year of teaching. I had no idea what I was doing. It was really my second year, but the first year was just permanent sub here and there. I did Russian for a couple months, and that was uh, pretty consuming, but not like that 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 second year with those three subjects that uh, I really had to work at. Anyway, um, the words of the wise... Let me read the last four verses of Ecclesiastes. The words of the wise are as goads. A goad would be uh, a cattle prod, uh, a sharp stick. Uh, somebody killed uh, a bunch of people with an ox goad. Uh, Shamgar killed 600 with an ox goad or something. Like one of the judges, but it's got the shortest verse about him. I think it was... Shamgar that killed 600 with Knox goad. But anyway, uh, the words of the wise are as goads. They, they're supposed, the words of the wise are supposed to get you moving. And, and as nails fastened by masters, uh, the words of the wise are, you know, are, are, they build people up as nails of a master craftsman would be to assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And I, the ultimate we can do is take God's word and, and explain it to people. And further by these my son be admonished. Of making many books there is no end. Right now I'm making a book. I call it a book. It's 700 letters from war from my dad. And I scan them and I comment on them and I send out one a day. And you say, well, it's going to take you two years to get it done. Yeah, if you do something every day for 365 days, you got 365 things done. So if I do one letter and I got 700 to go, I'll get done in two years. But uh, I send them out to uh, five generations, counting my parents, five generations. And there's 50 descendants of my two parents, increasing all the time with great-great-grandchildren. But they would both be over 100 years old. But I consider that making a book. Uh, there is no end. And then I start my day with, uh, if I add uh, a long uh, passage or just about any passage to my list, initially that takes me about half the, tw 30 minutes to say 27 verses. When I add the 28, it'll take me another 30 minutes to work on that. Because there's just a lot of games you can play on verses. You can type it out. You can do all this stuff. All you have to do is type the first letter and it, and it pops up, which is a big help. And you word you know, fill in word blanks, um, that kind of thing. Reorder, reorder the verses or the phrases in the verse. Just a lot of games you can play on verses. Highly recommend it. But it is study, and it's probably good for my brain. 
and anybody that listens to this knows that I could use some help with that. I, I listen to it, and I go, man, I said John wrote the, or Paul wrote the book of John. I mean, you know, whatever. And I just messed up that. But Paul was in the very next sentence, but I was thinking ahead. And much, and, and you've caught many mistakes, but I, trust me, I think I've caught them too. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. I, it was It was pretty unbelievable. And then I did the same thing at Florida Christian. Not as bad, but I had four preps my first year at Florida Christian. I had U.S. history, world history, um, business math, and trigonometry. So I had four preps. But the trig was pretty easy, and the business math was pretty easy. It wasn't uh, consuming. Math was my is my strong point. And uh, the, the reading, the dyslexia really hinders my verbal skills. But... Uh, but much study is a weariness of the flesh. And then the last two verses are just so famous in Ecclesiastes and really make up for... Well, I was telling you, I, I taught the book of Proverbs. And I finished the book of Proverbs. Uh, my second year of... I did it on overheads. I had just learned how to to uh, make overheads on the computer. So they have special overheads that you can run through a printer and they'll print out the overhead. They look really nice. In fact, I was using overheads. In fact, I made the first one by hand. And I thought, oh, the school's got these uh, overheads that work through the printer. So I went to Barb, and I said, Barb, I went to her choir room, and I took one of the overheads, and I was going to have her type John 3.16. <laughs> and she was on the phone, and just busy as could be there in, in her office. And I waited and I waited. And then I I kind of got mad because I was, I ranked pretty low on her agenda. And so I, I was going to show her. So I went back to my room and I took the 15 minutes it took me to, to find the letters on my typewriter to type uh, John 3.16. That was for an open house, uh, as I recall. But, um, which was very early in that school year. But, um, but then I started typing after that and typed up a lot of stuff. I think I typed up the entire book of Daniel one summer. But, um, before I, and then, and then the next year, Barb, they gave me a Bible class and I, and I started typing again and I just couldn't, the only reason I could type, type the entire book of Daniel was I wasn't working in the summer and I could, you know, use 40 weeks to get one one uh, lesson ready, or because uh, I would only do like one chapter one chapter a week, and uh, get through the first six anyway of Daniel, which are the storytelling. But um, anyway, um, but uh, let uh, let us hear. The conclusion of the whole matter of Ecclesiastes. Okay, so then I told you I was teaching the book of Proverbs and I thought, well, I'll do the book of Ecclesiastes. I didn't get very far into chapter one and I said, ah, this isn't really going to work. You know, it's a little, little different. It's not uh, just the, the, the wholesome, straightforward stuff of, of Proverbs, you know, which covers every topic under the sun. But um, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 was a little hard to digest. And I, I punted pretty quickly on that and just went back to teaching um, the first uh, 21. I could get 21 chapters of Proverbs in a school year. 
But uh, further by these my son be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the whole conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. I went to West Point. Our motto was duty, honor, country. So that word duty uh, means something to, to those of us in the military. And uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Now, I would have kids go, I'm supposed to be afraid of God. And uh, I heard uh, my mother-in-law's pastor, who flew down for Barb's funeral, uh, speak on this topic one time, and my ears picked up. He was talking about the fear of God. And he started off by saying, How many people here love to watch television? And a bunch of people raise their hand. How many people like to listen to music? They raise their hand. How many people enjoy air conditioning in the summer and we didn't, and heat in the winter? And hands were going up all over the auditorium. Would you say and would you say that you love electricity and everybody? How many people love electricity? Every hand went up in the whole room, in the whole auditorium, sanctuary, whatever, and and. And um, he had my interest. And then he said, how many of you call an electrician when you need to work on it? How many of you work on electricity? How many of you are careful when you work with electricity? How many of you are, you know, how many of you fear electricity? How many of you have, if you've ever had 110, you've probably got a pretty healthy fear of electricity. I always ask any electricians, have you ever been hit by 220? And usually the, all electricians that I've talked to have been hit by 220. I can't imagine that. I know how unpleasant 110 was. I can't imagine 220. But there is one worse than 220 I've heard of. It's uh, 440. And um, the joke I heard that goes along with that is you stick your finger in if you you want a new hairstyle, you stick your finger in a in a 110 outlet, and you get a poof, and you get a you put it into a a, a 220, and you get a poof, and you put it into a four a 40, and you get a poof. Whatever, it was a stupid joke. Sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> that's the way I remember 440 though, because uh, I don't have. That's an industrial 440 is not in my house. I know that. So, uh, and, and my guy that put in my air conditioner told me that 440 is an industrial. I just asked him that a couple months ago. Anyway, let us, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear of God is a good thing to do. I can love electricity and I can also respect it. And I can love God and I can also respect Him. And I don't think that's a bad idea. But at the same time, you know, familiarity breeds contempt a little bit. You know, and, and I, you know, I, uh, I would like to think I have a close enough relationship to God to be able to say, as I, I've heard some of my friends say, God, I don't understand this. I, I really don't understand what's going on here. I, I need help with this. I need, you know, I think God loves honesty. And... Um, 
when it comes to salvation, just be honest. You know, God, I, God, I believe helped out my unbelief. There's a great prayer. Um, the whole duty of man to fear God and keep His commandments, and and to respect Him, but love Him at the same time. And no, I'm not saying, you know, you know. Well, you know, if you do something wrong, yeah, you probably, you know, as much as you fear your parents when you do something wrong, you ought to fear God. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been corrected by him, but but uh, I got malaria in Panama when I had a very wild weekend planned for Panama. And I came in on Friday, going to have a long weekend, uh, get a pass from jungle school with uh, my platoon and my friends. And uh, I got malaria on the Shark River as we uh, raided a... Uh, like a POW camp or something, practicing, whatever, jungle warfare. But uh, it was really cool because we went on a rubber rafts and we, we got off of a, an LCM, which everybody knows is a landing craft motorized, and, and the front came down and my platoon, we, it was a mortar platoon, but my company commander, when it was all over, said, you, you know, you don't hang your head to the scout platoon because you are every bit as good as them. That's what he told me. So... If you're, you're, if the scout platoon leader is listening to this, that's what Captain Connor told me. I was every bit as good as, as you were with your platoon, in the way, I, the way I did my patrols in Rangers, in uh, not Ranger School. I, I only made it for the first two weeks, but until um, I got hurt. But, um, but in Jungle School, I did well. Anyway, according to Captain Con Connor, um, but uh, who's a great guy, and and so was the scout platoon leader. Awesome guy. Should have been a general and would have been if he had held that and given out on him. But um, fear God and keep his commandments. So have I talked enough about fearing God, respecting God, loving God? Uh, you know, and again, if you do what's right, you got nothing to be afraid of. And if you come to him with an honest, you know, God, I believe, helped out my unbelief, he already knows anyway. So... Anyway, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment. Okay, this is bringing eternal judgments. There's five of them. The first one, there's only one of them that's taken place yet. Judgment's kind of at the end, you know. You don't have the judgment until the game's been played or whatever, until the event's been run in the Olympics. Anyway, the first judgment was Christ on the cross. And that was an eternal judgment for man. Uh, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Um, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Justifies the ungodly, that would be Jesus Christ. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, in Jesus Christ our Lord, of Jesus Christ our Lord, whatever preposition you care for. For God shall bring every every work into judgment. So let's talk about the judgments. There's five of them. And I just recently was challenged by a Bible study uh, that I'm currently in, not leading, but in it, uh, to... to to take a look at the, the, the eternal judgments. And there they are right there in Hebrews 
6, 1, and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on in perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, number one, and of faith towards God, number two, and of or of um, of the doctrine of baptisms, number three, and of laying on of hands, number two, and of, I mean, number three, and of the resurrection of the dead, number four. And I'm really weak on that one. I That one confuses me. To, and I need to study that. And it's fundamental doctrine of Christ, that judgment, uh, the raising of the dead, when the dead in Christ shall rise. Um, and then the last one is... Uh, Eternal judgments of eternal judgments of, of the eternal judgments, and that's that. These are there's five eternal judgments: Christ on the cross, followed two thousand years later, and we're still in that two thousand year. I think we're at the end of that two thousand year reign. Whatever. I think I think the next one's coming. I'm not setting a date. Don't do that. But it could be in the next hundred years for sure. It could be tonight. I believe in imminence. Could be tonight, could be a hundred years from now. I really don't know. John was looking for it back in his day, and Peter was looking for it, and and we've been looking for it for two thousand years, and it's it's coming. That's that's for sure. Could be tonight, could be a hundred years from now. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna pray for it to come. I'm gonna pray for opportunities to share my faith until my time is up, and that could be the rapture or. When I take my last breath, either way, I'm going to be praying for opportunities to share Christ with other people. That's what Paul asked for prayer at the end of uh, six, where he, Ephesians six, where he talks about put on the whole armor of God. He says, "Pray for me that I will speak as I should, boldly open my mouth." Paul was pretty bold. He was stoned in Lystra. Luke called him dead, and what does he do? He walks right back into Lystra and starts preaching again. That's pretty bold. I would say that's pretty bold, but. God shall bring into every work into judgment. And by the way, folks, we're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, if you're a believer, for our works, good and bad. We're going to be judged at the great, or I'm not going to say we, you are going to be judged at the judgment at the great white throne at the end of the millennium if you haven't trusted Christ during your lifetime, which since the millennium is a thousand years away, uh, I would do it today if I were you. But um, you'll wait in judgment, but I'm not sure if time means as much in eternity as it does as far as the sun goes around the earth. But, uh, you know, a thousand years, I think, is going to be a thousand uh, revolutions of the earth around the sun. Anyway, uh, for God shall bring every work, good and bad, into judgment with every secret thing. You're not going to keep any secrets from God when it comes to the judgment seat of Christ for reward in heaven during the tribulation. Let me name them in order here. I'm sorry for jumping around. Okay, we had Christ. First one is Christ on the cross. Then during the tribulation, we'll have two. The judgment of the nation of Israel here on earth in the 70th week of Daniel for seven years. Really, the bad part, as far as I can tell, is the last three and a half, beginning with the abomination of desolation when the Antichrist declares himself God and in the temple and goes after Israel big time. But while that's going on, we have the marriage feast of the Lamb. Sorry, but it's, you know. And I guess 
you know, people are waiting for that judgment. Um, but maybe maybe Abraham will be, you know, blessed at that time, and David and Adam and Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. And maybe Cain, you know, came around and trusted Christ. But um, nothing shall separate you from God. You know, but anyway, Romans 8, take a look. No condemnation, no separation. Anyway, um, then we've gotten three done, okay? Recapping, we've got Christ on the cross. We've got the two during the tribulation. One on earth, the Jews judged during the tribulation. And the nation of Israel judged. And three, one and two could be simultaneous. I, I don't know. Uh, two and three could be simultaneous, sorry. Uh, on earth, the, the the judgment of the Jews. In heaven, the judgment of the church, if you will. The, the marriage feast of the Lamb, which is the bride of Christ, the church. Um, then we have another one uh, at the end of the tribulation called the judgment of the nations, which are the sheep and the goats. And the goats are cast into hell because they never believed, and the sheep are, are, are live on into the millennium. And then the very, then a thousand years later, we have the fifth judgment, which is the great white throne. So, chronologically, the best I can do is two thousand years ago, the first judgment of Christ. In the next hundred years, I would say. Uh, the judgment of Israel during the seven-year tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel, and the, after the rapture, the marriage feast of the Lamb. And then at the end of the tribu seven-year tribulation, the judgment of the nations. And at the end of the millennium, right before the new heaven and the new earth, the great white throne, which will be for punishment in hell. So you've got two eternal judgments there. Well, two, I think they're all eternal judgments, but, but um, two of them in heaven, the well, I don't think the great white thrones in heaven. I don't really know, but but three of them on earth. How about if I say it that judgment of judgment of Christ was on earth, judgment of the Jews on earth during the tribulation, and the judgment of the nations, which is clearly on earth, because the 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 ones that are, live on into the millennium, the the believers live on into the millennium, the non-believers. That did a lot of terrible things to the 144,000 during the tribulation, they are cast in the lake of fire. And maybe that's where they wait for a thousand years to be judged at the great white throne for all eternity, for punishment in hell. But I don't know if you got all five or not, but Christ won two, judgment of the Jews during the tribulation, three, judgment of the church in heaven called the Bema seat, the reward seat, the Marriage Feast of the Lamb. It's got a lot of names, okay? Um, the the Judgment Seat of Christ in Heaven. I, I'm sorry, it's got a lot of names for the Judgment of Christians for reward in Heaven during the trib in Heaven during it, the Tribulation. Um, then you've got at the end of the Tribulation, seven years after it started, you have the or at the end of the Tribulation, you got the Judgment of the Nations for the believers live on into the Millennium. And 
their, some of their descendants don't believe, but that's it's a little rebellion at the end, the Gog and Magog. But then you've got cast in the lake of fire, the non-believers, and then you've got prepared for Satan, but unfortunately they get to partake in that. And then at the end you've got the great white throne for eternal judgment. Of, and it's all of works. All of those are of works. I mean, you could. I would say even Jesus is. He died for the sins of the whole world. All of the sins were ever done, past, present, and future. And then, uh, the judgment seat of Christ will be judged for the good and the bad that we do, and we will suffer loss of reward when our works are tried by fire. And the gold, silver, and precious stones will last, and the wood, hand, stubble will be burned up. If you must have heard a sermon on that sometime in your life. The judgment of the Jews during the tribulation, oh my gosh. They're sealed with God in the forehead, the 144,000, they can't buy or sell, you know, and the people, that the believers take care of them, the Jewish and Gentile believers take care of them, and the lost people just turn them in and father against son and son against father and mother against daughter and all that stuff that Jesus talks about. He's always talking about the Jews. And... Um, and he's got to be ready for the Jews because uh, they're not going to get a new Bible, uh, you know, more books of the Bible starting with the rapture. What they got, the 66 books of the Bible, that's all they got. Nothing will be added. They're going to have to figure it out. And that's I told you, that's one of the reasons I'm doing these podcasts because I figure they're going to be scrambling. And if nobody listens to these, maybe they'll find out um, and they'll find me and uh, my teachings if they're any good. Uh, and helpful and because uh, they're going to be searching they're going to say we we made a mistake about Jesus and uh, they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his firstborn and uh, so pretty much beat this horse to death and went a long time but uh, let me just read it one more time and then I'll say goodnight the words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these my son be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, whether every work and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And I just realized that I was telling you how I studied the weariness of the flesh, that it was teaching us. I've only got three hours of sleep. I came home at three and I slept until three. So I got six hours of sleep and I drank a lot of coffee, I guess. But that's the best I could do to get my work done. And it was a much weariness of flesh and trust me what I'm doing now is nothing compared to that was that was something but I taught for 33 years after that and after that homestead experience and and I never changed much of anything that I learned I just put a lot of work into it and and uh, it seemed to be appreciated not by everyone but by most okay so I'm gonna say adios which means to God and I love explaining that to people I explain that to the secretary at physical therapy three years ago on the 27th, three years ago on the 27th, which was four days ago, three days ago, 
because um, today's the 30th of November. On the 27th of November, I had my motorcycle accident, and I'm still going to physical therapy. So uh, I tell people that. They go, you're lucky to be alive. You broke your neck. You broke your ankle. And uh, fractured my tibia and shredded my left bicep massive rotator cuff repair. Had to get that in there. Sorry. So have a great night. Adios to God. And vaya con Dios. Go with God.